Canada, wake up! Because we talked about how it was like a little drop in the water and then it turned to ripples, but where ripples usually fade away, this became a wave. So we're making stickers and then we've sold them and we're going to use the money to buy people water filters to bring for people who don't have access to clean water. Sometimes we can make things just a little too complicated. We miss the metaphor for the words, lose sight of the lesson trying to guess at its meaning. Sometimes the answer is right in front of us. Take for example water and how it ripples beyond our view to shores we don't consider after the initial ripple leaves our awareness. Or take learning. We measure moments with blunt tools often missing all the learning that happens before our eyes. Missing, more importantly, that what is learned now crystallizes later in ways we cannot begin to imagine. With learning we will never know. We are of the water in more ways than one. It's fitting then that the students at Queen Elizabeth Public School in Perth, Ontario have turned to water, have followed in the footsteps of water keepers before them, most notably Autumn Peltier. Their advocacy, activism, and awareness campaigning seek to make right and injustice in their own backyards, one they became aware of first from continents so far away. The premise, however, is essential. Clean water matters. In powerful voices that only children can conjure, these grade 2-3 students, with the guidance of their teacher, Elena Tanner, are working to help others and modeling for all of us how to right or wrong. Hi, my name is Elena Tanner. I teach at Queen Elizabeth School in Perth, and I am a science prep teacher teaching grades 1 through 5, as well as some kinder prep. Your students have been up to some really interesting work and that work reaches well beyond the walls of Queen Elizabeth Public School in Perth. And I'm wondering if you can just take us back to the beginning so that we can get to the present sort of in, 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 in sequence. So when I was teaching water sources around the world, the grade two, three class was looking at where we get our water from, how available it is. And then from there, we started looking at how different countries around the world don't have the same access to water. They don't have the same natural resources. And as a result of that, we were watching videos of a little girl in Ethiopia who had to make a trek down to a stream that had animals and all kinds of people and scooping the water into a jerry can and carrying that back up every day before she went to school. And the students were really moved by that. They were able to empathize with the fact that that experience is drastically different from our experience. Their their view of where we get water is the the water fountain in the hallway where you can just press a button and fill your water bottle full of water. There's a little button inside their fridge where they can go and just fill that up and have clean water that they don't even have to think about the fact that it's clean water. They, it's just there. It's just available. So they were feeling very fortunate to live in Canada and to have clean drinking water. And that was right where I wanted to feed them because I wanted them to learn about First Nations communities. It is part of our curriculum, um, but I wanted to make sure that that point was really driven home that yes, we in Canada, we have a lot of clean water. We have 
a vast amount of freshwater resources in our country, but there are communities who do not have access to clean water and how important that was. So they immediately, um, it brought up all of the feelings and they felt sad about it. And we took some time to think about it and to process that information. And then we decided rather than just feeling sad about it, we decided that we could actually do something. So when we were looking at that, we started to look at Autumn Peltier. And Autumn Peltier is a First Nations um, water chief. She is, I believe, only 18 or 19 years old right now, still finishing high school, but she has been advocating for clean water on reserves since she was seven or eight years old. So the students were very inspired by Autumn Peltier and her drive and her passion for having their voices heard and for making a difference for her communities. And they thought if she can do this, then we can too. Like we're kids, we can still make a difference. And so um, she was a really, really big part of them deciding that they wanted to to say something and to speak about it and to share that knowledge with other people. And then in learning about her, we um, found out that she's connected to Dreamcatcher Charitable Foundation. And the Dreamcatcher Charitable Foundation helps put filters in homes on reserves so that they can have immediate clean water while waiting for um, government resources to put water treatment plants and systems in place. And so it's a temporary solution. However, it, it can provide homes with clean water immediately. And so they thought that's something we can do. We can help fund the money to be able to put reserves in those or put water filters in those homes. So when you share that story, I kind of hear two branches that eventually merge. The first branch is your own learning and seeing an importance of taking a curriculum expectation like water and contextualizing it in this case on a global level. Yes. And then using that as an entry point to look more locally. That is a really powerful structure and almost the inverse of what we would normally do. You normally start local and start to reach out more, more broadly. And so I'm wondering, I'm interested just in your response to your own learning about that approach. And then you're working with grade two students. Yes. And I'm interested in, you have an idea for what you're, where you're, where you're taking them, but they have to go there. And I'm interested in, 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 in where their empathy, their sadness, their thinking starts to move as they learn about this really without your guidance. Like where do they go on their own? They, so it, I think it's just seeing how drastically different another child's life is compared to their own. So when we were looking at the little girl in Ethiopia and the work that different organizations are doing to put wells in so that they have clean drinking water and how much of a difference that had on those families, um, they really started to notice that that's a very different life. And especially in a small town, we are so protected and so insular that unless we leave and go to a bigger city or we leave and go somewhere else or we travel, then we don't necessarily have that experience. And so that's where I find that the digital world of videos and YouTube is actually really helpful for them to be able to see that and to have a little glimpse into what other children's lives are like. 
And it was just an automatic connection, an automatic um, way that they started to empathize with it because they they know what their experience is. So seeing someone else's and seeing how much she carried the water and how heavy it was, it, it just made such an impact on them. We saw a video of this girl. She had to go all the walk with a bucket on her back and she walked all the way down to this pond, got, filled the water, the bucket up with water and then walked all the way back and then clean that water because it was dirty. That they just went there naturally. And I think it's actually something that Autumn Peltier has, I've heard she says quite regularly, is that you can tell a story to adults and adults don't necessarily do anything about it. They think, okay, this we've heard about this. We know this is a problem. Not much we can do. But then you tell kids and in her mind, kids recognize those injustices even more, but then they also know that they think that they can do something about it. And in this case, that's where we were able to really push for them to make that difference or for them to want to make a difference. I'm really interested in that, in that point, because a student's response to injustice is almost becoming a theme of real world learning in the board. Uh, in our first conversation at Naismith, the immediate reaction to finding out that there was an injustice is what can we do about it? And then let's go do it. You're working with students and having a similar experience. We see an injustice. We now want to do something about it. And I guess I'm wondering how does that sound in a grade two classroom <laughs> and maybe even a step, before that, is it your intent to take the learning and move it to action? Or are you almost surprised in the same way that I am as a, as a observer of this project in the students, not only wanting to, but almost refusing not to move to action? In a sense, I'm not surprised personally because I've seen students even at this school who have raised a lot of money for CHEO in the past or um, my own children who've raised money for other Indigenous um, organizations. And so I think children jump on that pretty quickly. They get excited about the opportunity to make a difference. They get excited about being able to have that voice or to influence other people. And then as soon as they start to see that that's impacting adults, they feel even more empowered. So I have seen that in the past, but I, I can understand where it's not the norm, right? It's not something that we normally bring into our classroom. It's often something that kids will do at home or with their parents or um, outside of classroom hours. So how did you bring it into the classroom then? That's really the question, right? It's that meaning. It's that meaning piece that that recognizing the injustice, it's recognizing that there are other children who experience something very different than themselves. Um, especially in grade two, a lot of the time students are so focused on themselves and their friends and their immediate situation. So bringing, planning to bring that in, that aspect of seeing other 
other experiences outside of themselves was my intent all along. My intent was not for them to start a fundraiser. That was them. That was their feelings and their emotions. And then um, being able to give them that agency to make a difference and to do something about it. Um, well, we have sold, we had made water ball stickers and then sold them. And now we're, I think, going to do t-shirts because um, people um, around um, Perth don't even have access to clean water. Which people don't have access to clean water? Mostly, I think, Indigenous. A lot of it really came down to their feelings and them feeling as though it isn't fair that we have people in our backyard and we have people um, near where they go and they vacation in the summer or they visit families that don't have clean water to drink. So they know that when they go and visit family near Manitoulin Island, they know they have to bring jugs worth of clean water. And so they know that they also have a car that drives them from there and and can get there. So they, in learning about Autumn and her activism, they got to the point where they recognized that they have the power as children based on what they saw her doing to have a voice and to say something. So talk about that a little bit. What do you, how do they come across Autumn Peltier? And I think even explaining what Autumn Peltier does what where where her activism actually becomes um something that is nationally recognized and your students in their own learning which i've seen in the video which we'll weave in in some somewhere in this conversation they note it right like we watched adam autumn peltier do something and that creates a catalyst for us to do something also so maybe just start with autumn peltier and then Sure. So they they were watching a video. It was a news report about her and the work that she is doing. And in it, she speaks about a time where she was supposed to present the prime minister with a gift. That was her role, to give him a gift. Just pass it over and you're done. And she says, she explains that everything in her told her that she needed to do more. Everything in her told her that she, it was her opportunity to say something. And she said that she explained to him very briefly that she was disappointed that the pipelines were going to pollute the ground more, pollute the water more, and that her people were struggling. And she started crying. And that moment where she started crying and they see how much of an impact it has on her really put something within them. And so that was where they really started to recognize that it's bigger and it's something that if she can speak to the prime minister, then they could speak up about it as well. And that was a really big point for them to see she's she's approaching the prime minister about it. We can do something too. So up until this point, there's a lot of learning happening. Yes. And there's a lot of feeling that is that is a product of that learning. There's a moment at which for your grade two students, that becomes not enough. Now we want to do something. And so can you help us see what happens in the classroom 
when your project transitions from learning about access to clean water to now what can we do and how are we going to do it and who do we need to work with? So the students, it was, there was one in particular who really started the conversation going and really was talking about those feelings and the others were agreeing. They were all saying, yep, I agree. I feel the exact same way. And they started to talk about whether or not they could help. And then from there, just how they wanted to help. So there were all kinds of ideas being thrown out as to ways that they could fundraise money and um, and look at the filters because they had already learned about the filters that were available. And so they they saw that as an opportunity to perhaps reach out to the Dreamcatcher Charitable Foundation um, to be able to say, to ask how much they how much they are, how easy are they to put into different homes? How does that work? How do the filters work? And, um, and from there, they just started, they jumped on it right away. Within one class, it was, we have these feelings. We have this emotion. We see that someone else has been able to help and we want to do the same thing. Canada, wake up! Canada, wake up! We have a big problem. There are human beings in our country and many places around the world that don't have access to clean water. From there, the Dreamcatcher Charitable Foundation was really interested in the fact that the students wanted to know more. They were really interested in the fact that this little class of grade twos are learning about their plight and their problem and Autumn Peltier and the fact that they were interested was really moving for the representatives of Dreamcatcher Charitable Foundation because it's something that they haven't really seen before. They haven't necessarily had schools reaching out to them to say, hey, we want to know more. We just learned about this. What We want to learn more and we want to know more. Um, from there, it was a little bit of time before we actually made that in-person connection with them. Um, but the students ended up landing on on their sticker project and wanting to create a sticker. And um, and then it was a few months later, actually, when the Dreamcatcher Charitable Foundation came back to us and and visited, drove all the way from Six Nations Reserve to come to Perth. Tell us about that. So the Dreamcatcher Charitable Foundation um, representatives, they drove from Six Nations Reserve four and a half hours each way to come and see our little class here in Perth. And they brought their filters with them. They came in with a whole setup of a sink with a faucet and buckets that they filled in the Tay River in the middle of the winter. They went to the park and filled them with water and brought them in. And then they had a water bottle with a filter as well. So when they arrived, um, they had a slideshow to show the class that had pictures and information that I had not been able to share with them. So they, the students were really moved to learn even more. Um, in it, they showed the conditions of the water on the Grand River. 
and how dirty that water source is for their community. They showed pictures of the wells and how they're in disrepair and explained how that disrepair can lead to contamination of the water. It can lead to bugs getting in there um, and pollutants and how often there isn't the money or the financial opportunity for those families to repair their wells. And so they were able to give even more of a First Nations perspective on water, how it connects everyone, um, connects animals and plants and people and everything within the world that's living. The students had an opportunity to sit and listen to how the filters work. They opened them up and they got to see what was inside of them. And then they had an opportunity to use them. So they got to use them on the water bottles, on the buckets and in the sink. And they could see firsthand the water turning from dirty river water to clean water that they actually had an opportunity to drink. So they got to drink the water and they um, they saw that it was delicious and it was tasty and it was clear. And they could see how that would have an impact from looking at the water in the Grand River to the water that can come out of these filters and how much of a difference it would make was really impactful for them. Um, they also learned about the need to maintain the filters. They asked questions such as how long the filters last, how long can this give clean water? And they were told that the water filters last 10 years with proper maintenance. And so then they got to learn how to backwash it to keep it clean. And that was one of their favorite parts was being able to kind of unhook it and backwash it. And um, they, they presented a gift to the representatives. They were so grateful of the fact that they had taken this time out of their day to volunteer, to drive NCS and provide this demonstration and provide that in-person connection with them outside of just an email. Um, and it really meant a lot to them. And because they felt special, because they felt supported by the community partner, they were even more motivated to make that difference. They they felt as though what they were doing was making a difference in that moment where they were having that connection with the community partner. It strikes me that there's a metaphor here at play. I'm wondering if if the metaphor actually works within the, the narrative of, of this project. So before the students get to work with First Nations and understand what it is like to actually live with the need to filter water. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the assumption that it's still pretty a pretty abstract concept. And then when the learning goes through the filter of real people from the real world coming into the classroom to say, here's water. We got it from a river, you know, just a walk away from your school. And we're gonna talk to you about what it looks like to have to rely on these filters to be able to drink water that's when the project reaches into the real world for real. Yes. And I'm wondering, is that also the catalyst for what kind of unravels after that? So there is, there is the sticker concept is there before that moment, but it strikes me that something happens in that connection where the students are now acting well beyond the walls of school. And I'm wondering if you can just talk about that. Yep. So that, that is absolutely the case that 
they had this fundraiser, they had this idea to raise money, they were going to put filters in homes, but it became so much more real when they had that meeting and that demonstration with these people from the First Nations Reserve. And it really snowballed from there would be the what we kept talking about or ripples. We talked about how it was like a little drop in the water and then it turned to ripples, but where ripples usually fade away, this became a wave. So ripples turned to waves in in the sense that it was making a huge impact. They were taking their learning and even more passion that they had gained through this meeting and through this demonstration. Um, They were sharing that with their families and there were parents coming back and saying, my student or my child has been talking about this. It's really important to them. Love that it's important and we're learning. So then the parents are then also learning and then other students are becoming interested as they're working on it. You can see other students walking past and asking them questions. And the more questions they were asked, the more enthusiastic they were about sharing about it. And it that visit really was a huge part in making it become reality and realistic and having that human connection um, to the real world for sure. And so at this point, the students start to make stuff. They start to do stuff. Yes. And for me, this is the beautiful connection of what happens when student work is actually accomplishing something other than a demonstration of learning. What are you most proud of? Helping people. Can you just talk about some of the projects that start to serve this larger project that turns into the Clean Water Matters project? Yes. So we ended up, the stickers evolved and developed. Initially, we were looking at just doing one collaborative sticker altogether. Um, But through chatting with the real world learning partners, we realized that there are actually resources within our school board that we were able to pull on and draw on and use which was even more exciting because then the students had the opportunity to use technology such as Canva to design their products. And every single one of the students was engaged, 100% engaged in creating their designs and they felt really successful in doing it and they were excited about it and made multiple designs um, going through that process of of designing and um and editing and changing. And from there, um, they began to to look at advertising their stickers. And as they were looking at advertising their stickers, they worked with their English classroom teacher to create posters around the school, so pulling in the media literacy. And then we also looked at the opportunity to work with the song collab team where the students along with their French teacher were able to create a song about clean water matters and create a video where they were demonstrating their learning in a video knowing that it was going to be used for the purpose of sharing their project with their school with their families Um, what they we didn't realize yet was that it was going to go even further than that and be shared more within the community and within the school board as a whole. At 12 years old, Autumn Peltier spoke to the Prime Minister and brought attention to this big issue. If she can speak to the Prime Minister at 12 years old and make a big change, so can we. 
That video for me, uh, in the first seconds, uh, makes me so proud and so helpful and on the verge of weepy every time that I hear it, because the video starts with, Hey, Canada, wake up. Yes. How old are students in grade two? They're seven or eight. Seven or eight years old. Hey, Canada, wake up. Not, hey, Queen Elizabeth Public School community, wake up, or Perth, or Lanark County, or Eastern Ontario. They're recognizing that they're lending their voice to something that transcends what I believe the grade two experience is meant to be. And there's an earnestness in their voices where they're not asking, uh, um, people to pay attention. They're telling people to pay attention, but in this voice <laughs> that is so warm and inviting that you can't help but listen. Yes. Um, and so we get to come and, and see them present to the school. And I'm wondering if you can just talk about, first of all, what is the experience for your grade two students presenting to the entire school of Queen Elizabeth, knowing full well that this is about to reach well beyond the boundaries of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. So in the video, they do say Canada wake up at the very beginning. And that was, that was something that was inspired by their project. It inspired the woman helping them make it at song collab um, to say, you know what, this she recognized that from the very beginning that you're going to be impacting more than just your school you're going to be impacting more than just your community and so that's the really interesting thing about this project is that it started with the kids it started with that meaning but the more that people heard about it the more that other organizations became involved the more that it began to spread and i don't think they necessarily started to recognize that at the very beginning but other people were recognizing it in them as well and so in their video it's they were so proud of themselves when they got to hear themselves back they were all giddy and laughing and kind of patting each other on the back saying good job and that was me and they were they were so excited about their video and desperately wanted people to see it. And so they were extremely nervous about their assembly. The assembly came together really quickly and they jumped right on board. We were asked, we had shown the principal the video um, for the first time and she said, how are we going to show this to everyone? How is everyone going to see this? We need to do an assembly. And so the student said, yes, absolutely. We'll do that. We'll make it happen. So within two days, I think it was, they had a script they had their lines, they were practicing them at home and they came to school and they did a beautiful job of sharing their project and their video. And um, they really started to see how much of an impact it made because at that point they had this whole school rallying behind them. They had the whole school wanting to help them, wanting to make a difference and um, congratulating them and saying how proud they were because they felt that the grade two, three class, these seven, eight-year-olds were so brave to get up there and to share their voices and share their project that it created a whole school buy-in. And at exactly the same time that that assembly is happening, we're also getting ready 
to bring that video to the entire school board. Yes. Are the students aware of that? They weren't aware of it right away. Are no. they aware of it now? Absolutely. Yes. They they really want to know. Um, they would love to hear from any of the schools that are joining in on the project and who would like to also make a difference. So they loved hearing that it was going to be shared at board meetings. They loved hearing that some of my teacher friends were reaching out and saying, I'm going to share this with my class. It makes them so excited to see that it's it's moving just beyond their school and beyond themselves and having more of an impact because they've raised $1,600 so far, which helps 20 homes, but they have a loftier goal than that. And they would like to help more than that, which is where they're hoping that the rest of the board or more schools within the board can help them achieve that. This is a part of this project that I think is, is, is worth dwelling on for a second. So if the project stops now, where we are in the story, it's an amazing project. Yes. But now we have students who are leading an awareness campaign in their school, in their community, and in their school board. And that awareness campaign is reaching well beyond that because now the, the video and the song are, are on the internet, in social media circles, bringing, again, awareness that one might believe is beyond the capacity of a group of grade two students. And it strikes me that in order to reach into that capacity, you have to have an educator who believes that that capacity is there. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about your awareness of their capacity and how to keep gently nudging it so that they're reaching beyond what I'm assuming even they could imagine in the context of a school project. Yes. Yeah, so they, they are actually nudging me. <laughs> they're the ones that are saying, Hey, when are we going to sell some more stickers? Did you get those stickers printed again yet? Or, Hey, when are, when are our t-shirts going to be coming in? So they're looking at other ways to, to continue fundraising and to continue raising that awareness and collecting money. And, um, they are the ones that are, are asking to continue on with it, which is bringing them even further outside of where I imagined it going. Um, the fact that they want to share it with the whole school board and that they were completely on board with doing that is beyond what I would have ever imagined at the beginning. As an educator, I am really pleased and really excited and feel fortunate to be working at a time when this sort of learning opportunity is supported and is encouraged and is funded and helped and the resources are being shared between the schools in order to make something like this happen because I'm not sure how much it would have happened before, but it is now and that's really, really exciting to see because we can take that student agency and we can take that student interest and passion and give them the opportunity to make that happen, to show them from such a young age that they have that power, that they can do that and that they can make those that difference in their own community and within communities across the province or potentially the country. Because at this point, the, the 
community partner that we have, the Dream Catcher Charitable Foundation, they've said, come back to us and said, how did you do this? How can we make this happen in more schools? Because we need it to be shared. We need it to be heard. And how do we go about doing that? And so these grade twos have not only inspired our school and our community and the school board, but they're also then inspiring other organizations to say, hey, look at what they're doing. And how can we get more people to do that too? The Walk for Water was a really, a really good way for them to be able to share that learning and to share how important it is. So they learned about um, Autumn Peltier's, I believe it's a great, great aunt, Josephine Mandeman. And Josephine Mandeman walked around, she spent years walking around the Great Lakes to advocate for water, to pray for the water, to hold her water ceremonies. And um, that inspired a movement where women from all across North America did a Mother Earth water walk. And so they walked from the north, east, south, and west coasts of North America and met together in Lake Superior. And they carried water from each of those oceans to Lake Superior and held a water ceremony. And in learning about that, in learning about the water walks, the students then, it was another one of those things that came up right away. Let's do a water walk. And so they were then reaching out to more community members where we we approached Indigenous members of our own community to see if they would lead us in a water walk. They asked um, students at our school who identify as First Nations to be a part of leading that. And that made those students feel really supported and really proud to be able to share their heritage, to share um, what they what they hold so dear to their hearts with their school community. And they they loved having that support. So those students as well felt empowered by being able to share their culture with this class. So the Walk for Water, we started at the school and the students had the opportunity to present a gift of thanks, tobacco, to um, the woman who is helping us. And she taught the students about the power of water in terms of how it can heal and how it can feel and how it affects us. And then they led us to Stewart Park where they held a water ceremony and sang a song for us. And it was a beautiful snowy day where we were just surrounded by these giant wet snowflakes. And um, the entire school walked. We had 180 students walk with us and follow these First Nations students and follow the grade two, three students down to the park. And as we were walking down to the park, they just kept saying how proud they were to have the whole school rallying behind them, to have the whole school advocating for clean water. And many of them were carrying their signs about water is a human right and how how clean water is important. And um I think it was a really powerful experience to bring the whole school together. People who we reached out to, the Indigenous community members, were blown away. They were so pleased. They were so impressed. They were so um, moved by the fact that seven and eight-year-olds are making this happen, that they're sharing this with their community and beyond that they want they recognize the injustice and they want to make a difference and those community members 
want to help more. So even every every little aspect of us reaching out to someone beyond our school walls has created more of an impact and created more opportunities for us to, in the future, be able to develop more connections. And so we have um, another community member who's already talking about wanting to plan for next year's Walk for Water, that they want to be able to find a way to bring it to more schools that they they would like to be involved in how we can make it even bigger and better for next year. And so, again, that's pretty powerful that that has started with these seven and eight-year-olds, these grade two, three students. Your, your students have created a movement. Yes. They've created a mov- movement to amplify those Indigenous voices that are so often underrepresented in media. They're there. Those Indigenous voices are there. But they're recognizing that they have a privilege to be able to have an audience, to be able to share those stories and to share that information with people who may not necessarily listen otherwise or who may not necessarily hear otherwise. And so they're recognizing that they they can help share those stories. What's the thing that's most important to you that you've learned? Um, that everybody has a right to clean water. I wonder if it's even beyond privilege, right? It's it's obligation. We have an obligation to do something because they want to help. And that obligation needs to reach beyond beyond maybe the sentiment of fundraising to the to the the importance of awareness of what's happening in our own backyard and the fact that we actually can help. Yes. Yeah. So they're the fact that they they know that they've already raised enough money to help 20 families, which for those 20 families to have that clean water running out of their taps or to be able to have that clean water coming from a bucket is going to make a really big impact. But they want to be able to do more and and knowing that it's seventy five dollars for each home is something that they think we can do more. We can. We can get more. (laughs) How many more 75s can we get to help? (laughs) They're recognizing that they they have the power to share their voices and to share their learning and to have people listen. And how does that relate to the grade two science curriculum? Well, in the grade two science curriculum, there is, I mean, at the top of every strand, there are points that talk about relating the learning to the environment, to human impact on the world, to impact on animals and other communities and diverse perspectives. So it absolutely connects to those bigger ideas, but also the idea of stewardship that we are and our children are um, the people who are taking care of the world for the future. And so that idea that they need to need to protect water. And I've heard a lot of them talking about, well, I want to make sure I'm not wasting my water and I want to make sure that we don't put anything that will contaminate the water or pollute the ground because that affects the water and that affects the plants. They're, they're recognizing those really big connections and a, and a big part of that learning came from that interaction with the representatives from Dreamcatcher Charitable Foundation because they just had such a wonderful, beautiful way of describing the interconnectedness of life on earth. And and 
as a teacher, I could do that. I could talk about it, but hearing it from them, from their culture and from that perspective was, had such a big impact on it. And we could hope that a grade two student learning about water might want to become a steward of clean water and might want to become an activist in protecting water and further might want to reach in to communities that are beyond their view and help those communities. We could hope for that to be the case, or we could make it the reason we're learning science in the first place. And the way that you've bridged that in this project with students is just phenomenal because all the learning is there, but the purpose of the learning is to do something. How that changes you as a teacher. This has been eye-opening in the sense that I've always looked at teaching as backwards design, looking at the big ideas and backwards design planning, what all the little things that we need to learn and need to cover are. Um, But this method of teaching is new. It's new for me to be able to say, this is the problem. This is the issue. This is this is what we're, we need to look at. And having them break that down, having them look at it in a way where they're directing the projects or they're directing their learning and that, that student voice really creates buy-in for them to learn about it. It really brings all of the students in. And since doing this Clean Water Matters project, I've been able to experience that with other real world learning projects that we've started. It's changed the way that I look at the curriculum. It's changed the way I've, I look at planning my units because it's not it's not just a check 10 boxes and, uh, and make sure that we've covered it all and have a, have a final piece. They have the say in it. They have that that ability to take control of their learning in the sense that it brings it to a place where I never would have imagined it going and where their creativity and their skills and their their strengths really have the opportunity to shine through. Um, so they're, yeah, they're, they're trying to find ways to keep it going and keep me keep me moving so that they can continue with it and keep making an impact. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Real World Learning Podcast, conversations that tell stories about learning in the Upper Canada District School Board. Our projects direct the attention and intention of student learning to the world and the world towards our students as they work to solve challenges that matter to them. Along the way, we enliven the curriculum in service of projects that have our students reading, writing, and using math, science, and technology in the act of making a contribution in the world beyond school, with community as the classroom. Look for our stories wherever you listen to podcasts, on Facebook, and in communities all over Eastern Ontario.